Well, hey everyone, and welcome back for another week of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren and I'm your host. And today we are talking with Charo, who is an international Etsy seller with a shop that is based in Spain. And I am very excited to talk to her to get that international perspective and talk about how she's built her business. So welcome, Charo. Thank you so much for coming today. Hi, Lauren. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got started selling on Etsy and kind of how that unfolded for you, how you built your business and just got started in that marketplace? Sure. Well, first, um, the name of the brand, Aceis Manos, means with six hands in Spanish. And that's just because we are a family of three, husband and myself and our daughter, who is now 19. So that's where the name comes from. We started this business back in 2011. And, um, well, we kind of moved from something very different we were doing. We were running um, a company. We were working on the footwear market. Here we live in Spain, in, um, in an area where factories are very important. So we were working as a link between foreign brands and the factories. So we were uh, putting in place their collections, looking for sources, materials, factories, everything. So that was good, but um, we kind of missed the creativity part. I mean, it might seem a very exciting job, but in the end, it wasn't, it didn't have very much of a creative side. So. Mm-hmm. And also because we already I had experienced this many years ago when we started going out, my husband and, and I, we were 19, and we designed and made a collection of accessories that we started selling at the local shops and also at shops in the province, near, in towns near our town. But we kind of left that and started doing other things. So this was like, oh, we want feel like doing that again. We want to feel that feeling <laughs> so we just um we give it a try just just uh, listed some things on etsy like hoping to we didn't know what's going on and and it started moving so it went well and and then we realized that that was what we felt like we wanted to do we moved from one business to the other that's great does your husband work in the business with you now as well yeah Wow, that's really great. Yeah. So how did you get into kind of the handbags and the backpacks and the wallets and that kind of thing? Was that something that you had made in the past or how did you get into that market? No, really. I mean, I have a background in, I have a degree in tourism, but at the same time, I studied clothes patterning just uh, because I liked it. So I've always been that person who, instead of buying something, if I could do it, I would do it and I would enjoy doing it. And my husband is a footwear pattern maker, so a designer and pattern maker. So we both have um, knowledge on patterning and leathers and how to work with it and all that. Oh, that's neat. All right. So when you are selling on Etsy, are the majority of your customers other customers from Spain or Europe, or are they more from the United States, or is it just a mix? It's about, 
I'd say about 75% from the States. Okay. And like 20% might be from Europe, European okay. community, and also some Spanish ones as well. But the biggest part is um, American. Okay. So obviously it will be hard to, you know, write everything and come up with all of those the keywords and the search terms and all of that stuff when you're not a native English speaker. So how do you kind of get through that? Like you've had, um, for everybody that's listening, Charo has had almost 5,500 sales on Etsy. So this is not a, a new business or a struggling business. So how do you work around the fact that English is not your first language? Well, what I do in terms of uh, keywords and all that is that I use the, the search bar at Etsy. Uh-huh. And then I try to figure out what people are looking for, really. Mm-hmm. That's what I use. I mean, English is not my first language, but I've been working with British and American people for a long time. Mm-hmm. With as I explained before, I was working with brands who wanted to place their, their productions in Spain, so, but they were from the United States or from Britain as well. So that's helped me with the language quite a lot, yeah. Okay. When you first started your shop, were you aiming to have it be your full-time job and be able to quit the factory matchmaking thing and be able to do this full-time? Or was that not really your goal? Or how has that changed over time as you've worked in the shop? Well, when we first started, we didn't have that expectation, have a full-time job, really. It was like trial and see what happens. So we could, maybe we can make both things happen at the same time. But um, when it started taking off and we realized that we enjoyed doing it so much, it was possible. We had to decide where to put all our efforts because it's a lot of work. I mean, running the mm-hmm. shop and, and doing, I mean, actually hand-making things and attending craft first as well because we also do that you can do everything well so we have to say well is this what we want let's do it and we weren't that young because when we took that decision we were 40 so it's like mm, it was a bit tough to decide but I think it was a good decision in the beginning were you still working your full-time job and then doing this on the side Yes, we move little by okay. little. Yeah, when we yeah. felt confident about moving everything to the other business, we just stopped doing the other thing and mm-hmm. started. On, I mean, we started. You know, kept on the Etsy shop and did that full time. That's so great. What do you think? In you know, there's a wide variety of products on Etsy, and you know, people can buy handbags and wallets and stuff all over, just like they can buy almost <laughs> almost any product, you know, a lot of places. So what do you think makes your shop stand out? Or wh- why do you think that your shop has been so popular? I think by looking at the reviews and the communications with customers at first stage, when they first visit our shop, I think they like the aesthetic um, of our designs mm-hmm. um, because it's not fashion trends driving. I mean, it's rather timeless designs, simple lines. We try not to use too many trims or even like we we prefer to for the seams to be hidden, all those things. Also, the possibility of customization. 
probably the color schemes, all that. I think that's attracting. And also when there is a customer that approaches for a customization, I think communication is is one asset that we have. I mean, we've been working with, in our other jobs, with designers trying to, in, trying to interpret their designs and translating that into the for the factories, adapting mm-hmm. things. So it's kind of the, I think I'm a skill on that. I mean, I think I can do that well. And I think people feel they are being understood. So that's also something I, we can see on reviews that they they find communication easy being in two different countries and two different kind of works well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's even, I mean, I think communication is important for everybody, but I think especially when you're dealing with international buyers, that it becomes even more important just because, I don't know, it feels like there's a bigger like distance between you and I know for me, I just ordered something the other day for my daughter's birthday that was coming from Australia. And obviously, I'm in the United States. And so that person has been super communicative with me. And that's been nice because it does have a long way to go. And I'm expecting that it's going to take a while to get it and everything. It's very important that you feel confident that there's someone at the other side answering questions quickly and not just answering questions, just acknowledging the order has been received and informing when you expect to have it. If you have expect to have a delay, informing people informing customers mm-hmm. that something's happening people is quite understanding normally they really appreciate it and understand things very well i think people who's buying at etsy they really know realize they, where they are buying from is this uh, people are making things mostly not everyone but mostly and they, <laughs> and it's part of the game i mean things can happen because this is not a factory right right which should be why they're buying it. Like that should be part of the appeal. So, you know, they hopefully, I would say the majority of people are pretty understanding of that. Yeah, a majority are, yeah. Yeah. How has the free shipping thing, has that impacted your shop being overseas? What has that done for you? Or how, how do you feel about that? I don't know. At first, I thought it was a joke. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? How can you handle that if you are shipping from Spain? Right. Because they, as you were saying, kind of forums and all that, they were saying like, mm, well, you have to find an average shipping price and with one customer you will gain and with you will lose. What are they talking about? I mean, something shipped to Spain is 450 euros, whereas if I ship it to Australia... Is twenty three euros. I mean, it's, it's prices are so different. It's no way that I, I can make that work. So I said, well, I'm not going to change the shipping cost of every of the. I think I've got two hundred and something items in my shop. I'm not going to do that. But what I did was taking some, and I duplicated some listings, just for the sake of uh-huh. no, of knowing whether it made any difference, and I. Did the item, I duplicated it and I put a higher price for that, including shipping, and that was free shipping, but because it was more expensive. Mm-hmm. And I set it up as saying that it would only ship to the United States. So okay. I thought, well, let's see what happens. Someone looks for a roll up that is free shipping to the United States, it might appear. But I don't think it's appearing. It's just cause confusion because some people go to that listing instead of the other and they say, 
why is this more, more expensive than this other one? <laughs> or why... Right, uh, right. What's the difference? Are they different in any way? No, they are. I had to explain this, and it's a bit complicated to explain, but it's the same. You're going to pay the same with. I really think, I mean, I understand because if Amazon and all those are doing it, it's because psychology works like that. I mean, customers will right. go to the cheapest, what they think is cheaper, that is not the cheapest thing. But I don't know how to handle that, to be honest. I'm a bit worried. We are a bit worried because October hasn't been that good. I don't know if they are doing it has to do with the shipping or not but uh what can i do we have our own our own website so we are trying to put something for there even more but i don't know what to do about the shipping i mean what have you noticed any difference did you find any difference between other than the confusion that it caused between the ones that offered free shipping and the ones that didn't if the free shipping ones sold more often or did you notice any pattern no difference. So I have okay. like five listings, as I told you, with free shipping listings that are popular. Mm-hmm. And no, I haven't seen any difference, to be honest. Yeah. I think it would be interesting, like long term, because, you know, I think that for the most part, I would say that buyers, even in the United States, don't really expect to have free shipping from international sellers. Like, I mean, I understand what you're saying. It's very expensive to ship overseas. And anybody that sells online knows how expensive it is to ship overseas. So I can't imagine that anyone would expect that that would actually be mm-hmm. true. <laughs> but, you know, I think that the the hang up there is just the search results and being placed higher in those search results because of offering the free shipping and all of that that Etsy has said. So I think that that's a unique challenge for overseas sellers and something that's kind of hard to navigate. (laughs) Out of curiosity, in Spain, when you order things online, is there a lot of free shipping? Like, is that something that's common in Europe? Yeah, but Spain is um, much smaller than the United States. I mean, the distance between some states in the United States can be very big, it's like shipping from one side to the other of Europe. Whereas in Spain, I think right. that must be the difference. Spain is very small compared to the United States. So that's why, really. But for example, we have I mean, Canary there- Island, for, for example, as Spanish, that's more uh-huh. expensive to ship and it's still Spain. And it's very hard to find free right. shipping there. So it all depends on the traffic you have. For example, we have very good fares for the United States from Spain. We found that shipping something in by DHL in two days is in 15 euros. I think that's $17, which is quite good considering uh-huh. it can be put in the States in two days. It's just because there is so much traffic. If I have to ship to Australia right. or to countries in the north of Europe, it's more expensive than shipping to the United States. Oh, I see. Just because of the demand from the United States. That makes sense. That distance is hard, I think. And it, even it, within the United States, it's not as big of a difference. But like I live on the eastern coast of the United States. So for me to ship something to California all hmm. the way to the west is about almost 50% more expensive. So it's a big, you know, it's a big difference mm. even within the United States of what that costs. Makes sense. 
So when you are working in your shop at this point, are you working like full time? Are you working every day? What does your schedule kind of look like with, with your shop and with your business? Yes, we are doing full time or even more <laughs> if that's possible. We opened a studio shop last March because we used to have a space oh, okay. at home where we have our yeah our workshop. And back in March, we opened um, a studio shop so where we are working. At the same time, we have um, our things being sold, plus things from other artisans. So we also open oh, cool. on Saturdays because it's a shop. But it's right. quite nice. <laughs> I mean, we are uh, we are better there because things are kind of separated. You are not working at home. People in our right. city who didn't even know what we were doing now know what we are doing. <laughs> they can go inside. People who is yeah. very reluctant to buy on the internet they can see things and touch them and really feel the quality for themselves so that's good so yeah we work full-time i mean what i do on a normal day is i always keep mornings for pc work like updating things on the website some listing things i also use mornings to take photos because we do our photos so light in the morning is better is better and then mm -hmm. if i have to organize shipments and all that and then the afternoons are for production like seaweed and all that involves yeah all right do you do any like wholesale ordering are you in any shops other than your own shop or have you ever looked into that yeah, I have. Although we need to invest more time on that because it's um, we need to. We would like to distribute, yeah, to distribute to other shops. We do it with a couple of them, but uh, we haven't gone to any fairs, for example. It's been like mm -hmm. some shops have contacted us because they've known us by, I mean, through social media or or we have contacted them because we've gone, we've visited a city and we've seen a shop that we thought we could fit in and we've offered ourselves. But we haven't done a proper thing there, like going to a fair or no. Mm hmm if you could go back to when you first got started on Etsy or started in this business, is there anything that you would go back and say, wow, I wish I would have done that differently? Or, you know, I kind of took a roundabout path to figure this out and I wish it would have been a little smoother. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I was thinking about that and I probably, I would have liked to start with it more with, um, business mind because when you start like let's see what happens and gonna list this and you aren't very realistic when pricing things when you start running you realize that you have to be realistic otherwise there's no point on being there <laughs> i think that's a really really good point we didn't do that exercise of pricing properly so we have to do it um little mm -hmm. by little yeah I would have liked to know that. And a blog like yours would have been very useful as well <laughs> when I started. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that you make a really good point. And I would say the same thing with my own business. Like, I mean, I went into it wanting to make it a business as I think, you know, most people do, but I didn't really have a good grasp of mm. 
how time consuming it can be and then how, you know, how valuable your time is that you're dedicating to it. And so I think that I underpriced things a lot in the beginning. And I think it's hard when you're first getting started to have things that are more premium price because you feel like a little scared to put it up there, I think, at a more premium price. Obviously, you can't put a ridiculous price on something, but it has to pay for right. your time and some benefit. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not a business, but a charity or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think when I first got started, I actually looked into, and I can't remember like if it was a blog or like, a, I don't know what it was that I was reading, but it talked about pricing and it talked about the value of your time, but it tended to like really, really undervalue like paying close to minimum wage, you know, like seven or $8 an hour for your time. And after I got into the process of building a business for a little while longer, I'm like, there's so many other things that go along with having a business that if I were going to only pay myself minimum wage, I would yeah, have to just sure, get a minimum yeah. wage job <laughs> because it would be a lot less stressful. <laughs> yeah. And then you work eight hours or whatever, and that's it. You don't take things to sleep. Right. <laughs> right. You go home and you don't have to think about it. <laughs> but the problem with this is that I think people who who have a business like ours, we really like what we do. And we enjoy what, doing what yeah. we do. And that can be very time consuming because you don't feel like you are working sometimes. I, I mean, I mean, at, at least that's what happens to us. Yeah. So we go. We need to do something on a Saturday. We yeah. don't mind. If we need to do something on a Sunday. We don't mind. <laughs> but then I have to say, okay, stop. You need to. You need a break. You need to stop for two days. Yeah. And the reality is that when you come back on a Monday, things look so different when you have some fresh air and. <laughs> Right. I mean, I totally agree with you. I also have that mindset and even more so did I think when I was in the earlier stages. But I think that when you have something that you really enjoy doing, but then you don't have any boundaries between Mm. your home life and your work life, or you just kind of allow it to encroach on your family time, you end up not enjoying it as much because you know, you don't have any sort of balance. Like it's kind of like you're always having to be on and available. So I think even yeah. if you do really, really enjoy it, it's good to take that step back and say, I need some rest <laughs> sometimes. You need to force yourself to do it. Right, exactly. So to wrap it up, how would you say that having this Etsy shop and building this business has changed your life from where you were when you were doing the factory stuff? years ago to where you are now what has that looked like for you i work more hours for sure but i'm happier <laughs> i mean that's the truth i mean i don't have that's awesome. probably my salary was before was better before but uh, the feeling of waking up in the mornings and feeling like going to work and i mean the feeling excited about what am I going to do today? What's it going to look like? I mean, that's the biggest difference. And then to me, the most important one. I think my husband is the same. So we talk about it many times and and that's um, a very good feeling. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's amazing that you and your husband can both do that together. And that's such a huge opportunity. 
Mm, yeah, it's not easy. Twenty-four hours a day. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's one of those good and bad things. <laughs> it's not easy, but we kind of manage it quite well. Yeah, that's great. So, Charo, where can people find you on Etsy and online if they want to check out your stuff and check out your shop? Uh, well, we have an Etsy shop, which is Aces Manos, A S E. M-A-N-O-S. And then we have our own website as well, which is the same, the same name, .com. All right. That is so great. Thank you for being here today. And I've really enjoyed this conversation and hearing about your shop. And congratulations on all the success that you've had. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks a lot. <laughs> 